Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas once again. We're still close enough. And uh, just happy to have you all here today at Living Hope Lutheran Church to extend that joy of Christmas. And we get to do that today with our, I think, now third annual Lessons and Carols service. Always a really fun one to, to look through some different uh, readings that tie in with the Christmas story. Again, focusing on that theme that God is with us. And today, we're going to actually center all our lessons on the Advent wreath today. Uh, maybe you've noticed this thing's been up here, right, all through Advent and into Christmas, and everything we have here, there's a reason for it, right? There's a reason for the things we put in our liturgy and our service, and today we're going to talk more about this wreath and what it means and why we have these four candles around it, why one of them's pink and why there's one in the middle. We're going to talk about that today as our lessons center on the reason for the Christmas or Advent wreath and as we go through, we're going to have different readings, meditations on, on each of the candles and what they mean. And then we're also going to have songs, carols, Christmas carols that, that tie in with the theme of each candle. So looking forward to walking through that with you today. If you're watching online, you can find a, a little bulletin, a PDF version of that right on the show me more part of your, your live stream tab there on YouTube. If you want to follow along that way, things will also be up on the screen. And if you do get a chance, those of you watching online, to fill out our online connect card, that'd be really helpful for me to know you were watching today if you're a member, or to know how to best serve you if you are watching for the first time today. And then for members and, and others who are here today as well, if you get a chance to fill out your connection card, um, fill out any prayer requests or other things on there, that would be, that'd be great for us to know. And remember your time with us today. We are going to begin our service then uh, about God with us with a nice Christmas rejoicing song to start off called, Now Sing We, Now Rejoice. May God be with us in our worship today. For in a manger lie.
Please stand. Brothers and sisters, in this Christmas season, it is our duty and delight to hear again the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has, has made known to us, the Christ child lying in a manger. Bless us, Lord, in our worship. Amen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Dear friends, let us join with the angels in praising the Lord. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Amen. Please take a seat. And we'll invite the children to come on up for the children's message now. You can grab your normal spots over here. Want to take a seat here, guys? All right. How's it going, Brogan, Lydia, Eliza? Hey, Silas. Thanks for coming up, guys. So today, I kind of said it already in the beginning of the service, we're going to talk about those candles right up there. You see them? We've got three purple candles, uh, one pink one, and in the middle, there's a white one. Those are the candles of Christmas, the Advent Christmas candles. Remember, Advent means the Lord is coming, and now that Christmas is here, Jesus has come. Each of those candles means something, though, and first, actually, I want to, I want to tell you first about the wreath, right? So this is a, it's made out of pine needles, right? It's made out of an evergreen tree, and it's a circle and that is talking about our everlasting life that goes on and on because Jesus has come to save us, kind of like an evergreen tree, like a Christmas tree. It stays green all the time. It never loses its branches, kind of like our life with Jesus never ends. So that's why it's a wreath. That's why it's a circle. Then there's, there's four candles around the, the edges of it. So the first one is called the prophecy candle, but today we're, we're also going to call it the hope candle. So that's the first candle we're going to light today, the hope candle, because Jesus comes to give us hope. Uh, really, the name of our church says it pretty well, living hope, right? And our logo even kind of looks like a Christmas tree, because we have life forever, the hope of a life forever with Jesus, because he came to be with us at Christmas. The next candle, the one that I'm going to light second, that one is called the peace candle. And do you remember what the angels said to the shepherds about peace? Yeah, Brogan, do you remember? They said, yeah, Jesus is born, and that means peace on earth. And he wasn't saying peace from war. There's going to be more wars and bad things that happen, but we get peace with God because we know he loves us because he sent Jesus. The third candle is the pink one. A little bit different, so it stands out a little bit more. That's the joy candle because I think uh, at Christmas is maybe the happiest time of year, isn't it? That's why we say, Merry Christmas. It's like saying, Joyful Christmas. Because Jesus came to be with us, and that is the happiest news we could ever hear. So the pink candle, you might remember it because it's pink. That's the joy candle. 
The one on the top there, uh, that one is the good news candle. Any idea why we call it a good news candle? What, what's the good news, because Lydia? Because Jesus is born. That's the good news. And you know what good news means? It's the word that means gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. There's one more candle. Maybe you can't see it from here very well. If you want to stand up, you can see it better. There's a white candle in the middle there. See it? That one is the Christ candle. I think it's nice that it's in the middle because the most important thing is Jesus, right? He comes to be our Savior, and the angel said it to the, the shepherds too. He is Christ the Lord. He's the one who comes to save us from our sins, and so that's why we put him in the middle of the wreath. Jesus is the one that it's all about at Christmas. He came to be with us. So today, I'm going to light all those candles as we go through our lessons and carols, but now you know what each of them means. Hope, peace, joy, good news, and Jesus in the middle. So now you know. High five, Silas. <laughs> hey, let, let's, let's pray, guys. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to bring us so many good things, bringing us hope and peace and joy and good news. Thank you for coming to be with us at Christmas. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, thanks a lot, guys. You can go back to your seats. We're going to continue with our, our lessons and carols portion of the service, starting with looking at the prophecy candle. So something top secret was cooking. Just up the road here in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. A project that, if successful, would bring an end to the conflict and bring peace at last. Maybe you, you, you know what was cooking in the top secret laboratories up in Oak Ridge. A little project called the atomic bomb. And these bombs, they were kept a national secret up until the time when they were used. By the time those two bombs dropped on Japan, World War II very soon officially ended. Our top secret weapon, the atomic bomb, brought peace. But at what cost? Now God has a secret weapon too. His secret weapon, his son Jesus, has always been the plan from the beginning. Jesus has always been in the works all through those Old Testament times. And Jesus, who he was going to be, that picture got clearer and clearer as God sent prophets to his people Israel to kind of unravel bit by bit who this secret weapon Jesus would be. And finally, at Christmas, the full reveal comes. The secret weapon of God, Jesus, is on full display to turn the tide against sin for you and me. This child lying in the manger means that we have an answer in our war against sin and death and Satan. The secret weapon, Jesus, means that our enemies have to concede defeat. And it's really cool in this prophecy we're about to read from Isaiah chapter 49, it's actually Jesus himself talking in this, these verses. Before he ever came to earth and took on flesh, this is cool. This is the pre-incarnate Jesus talking in the first person in these verses. And he's talking about himself. 
kind of refers to himself as God's secret weapon against sin, concealed in the shadow of God's hand and then revealed in a full display to turn that tide of battle against sin for you and me. Just like an atomic bomb, God went big with sending Jesus, not just to come and save his people Israel. That that would have been too small a thing. Sends Jesus to save all people, to be a light for all the Gentiles, all nations, everyone, everywhere, to restore not just Israel to himself, but you and me and all people too. And Jesus was successful in his task. But at what cost? The cost of his own life. So that you and I, we don't have to pay that cost ourselves. And very unlike those atomic bombs, Jesus, he pulls off an opposite effect. Not, not a destroyer, but a redeemer. Not one who comes to break, but one who comes to bind up the broken. One who comes to bring a light that chases away the darkness and brings hope to our hearts. The war is over. Sin, death, and Satan wave the white flag. Thanks to our Lord and his secret weapon, our deliverer, Jesus. A reading from Isaiah chapter 49. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is the word of our God. We light one candle now. The prophet's candle kindles bright. Dispelling darkness, Jesus comes and warms us with his holy light. We enter Christmas silence here. We pause and set this time apart to search the ancient prophecies of hope for every human heart. We think of Eden's promise sure. We think of Abram's starry night. We think of David's greater son, the branch, the king of kings, the light. We hear Isaiah's prophecy, the promises of love and peace. This Christ will come to rescue us, forgive, renew, and set us free. We now sing of the Father's love begotten, a great song about the prophecy of our Savior.
referred to as a secret weapon in our first lesson was kind of a strange way to talk about him. Well, maybe it's an even stranger way to talk about him in our, our next reading. Here, Jesus is called a whore. And as weird as that sounds, maybe it helps to know that in the Hebrew language, the language of the Old Testament, a horn is very synonymous with might or strength. You can think of a horn as a symbol of might. And so when you read the, the words of Zechariah's song pretty soon here, what you could do is take that word horn and replace it with the title mighty one. God has sent the horn of our salvation, the mighty one, and this mighty one is of the house of David. It's kind of an important little detail here. And I think Zechariah, when he sings this song, I think he was borrowing heavily from Psalm 132, verse 17. This is what that psalm says. Here, I will make a horn grow for David and set up a lamp for my anointed one. Because look at what Zechariah is singing about. He's singing about the horn of our, of our salvation that comes as a light to light up death's dark valley. He sings about the one who comes to set our feet on the path of peace by forgiving our sins. All this from that little child in the manger in Bethlehem, the town of David. But don't let looks deceive you. Because this child is the horn of our salvation, of the house of David, our Redeemer, our Mighty One, the Shining Lamp, the Peace Pathfinder. A reading from Luke chapter 1, the Song of Zechariah. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the word of our Lord. We light two candles now. The Bethlehem candle kindles bright, dispelling darkness, Jesus comes and warms us with his holy light. We think of little Bethlehem, a mere 2,000 years ago, the busy streets, the crowded inn, and what the people didn't know, that in a stable God was born and laid upon a bed of hay. The virgin wrapped him, kept him warm, divinity in such a place. We ponder in this quiet hour, the wondrous miracle has come. All nature kneels and time stands still to see the birth of God's own son. We sing, O little town of Bethlehem.
We all know where the shepherds end up at Christmas, around the manger with baby Jesus. But let's maybe not forget where they start out that evening, out in, the sh- out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And shepherds out in the field at night, uh, they were probably on high alert all the time, always watching out for, for danger, trouble of any kind. Usually that danger would be in the form of other animals that would come and startle the flock. And, and yet, really any disturbance at night would probably spook the flock and cause them to scatter. And you, you don't want to be go looking for sheep in the dark. Those shepherds were probably on high alert. So then just imagine what, what it's like when all of a sudden this angel appears and the glory of the Lord shone around them. We don't get to hear what happens with the sheep at this point. But you've got to imagine if the shepherds are terrified, what's going on with the sheep? They're probably going crazy, maybe, maybe running away. I don't know what they're doing, but probably wasn't good. If the shepherds are terrified at the angel's sight and sound, well, I wonder if they were also, in the back of their minds, also very worried, wondering, oh no, what's going to happen with the sheep? They're going to be gone. How are we going to find them again? You think about it, the beginning of that evening for the shepherds was kind of not only terrifying, but also probably very stressful for them. And as you and I sit here today, maybe you feel a little bit like the shepherds, kind of always on high alert, watching for danger and trouble and stress that always seems to come our way. Maybe like the shepherds, we feel like we're, we're kind of juggling a hundred things all at once, watching a lot of it spiral out of our control, like a flock of scared sheep in a Bethlehem field. Thankfully, the the shepherd's night didn't end in fear and stress. A piercing joy cuts through their stress and fear and through ours too. Good news of great joy that is for all the people and for us personally. A Savior is born to us. And that means these shepherds, even though once they're done seeing Jesus in the manger and once they're done sharing the good news, Remember where they end up to. They, they go back to their fields, to their flocks, to the kind of mundane, stressful job that they had, and yet everything's different now. A joy that fills their hearts. And for you and me, maybe this happens every year at Christmas, we, we get filled with so much joy at the birth of our Savior, but it's not over yet. We get to go back and move forward with whatever callings, whatever jobs we have in this life. And even if our vocations sometimes seem kind of mundane or just very stressful. Still, there's an underlying joy that we have because our Savior God has come to be with us, to cut through the fear and the stress, to give us an eternal joy at his side. We share the shepherd's joy in that field. A reading from Luke chapter 2. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The word of our Lord. We light three candles now. The shepherd's candle kindles bright. Dispelling darkness, Jesus comes and warms us with his holy light. We see the shepherds on the hill who heard the angels, Gloria, who ran to find the holy child and knelt in gratitude and awe. The shepherds were not slow to trust the angel's unexpected word, nor were those shepherds shy to share the miracle they'd seen and heard. Let's wrap ourselves in shepherds' cloaks and search for the most holy boy. Let's kneel and worship, pray and praise, share with all the world this joy. Let's sing where shepherds lately knelt.
else's good news, it's kind of bad form, right? Announcing a pregnancy, the honor of that announcement ought to come from the person who's pregnant herself probably, right? And maybe an engagement announcement. Well, that good news ought to be shared by the couple themselves. It's, It's their good news to share. Or if you're applying for a job you really, really want and you, and you get it, well, hopefully you get to share that good news out of your own mouth. It's, it's your good news to share. But maybe, as the angel host appears and lights up the sky on Christmas and, and they start singing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, on those who's, whom, on whom his favor rests. Well, maybe we start feeling like you know, these angels, they, they really ought to come back and do this again. They should do a, an encore. They should come back and, and share this good news more with others. Because you know what? They're, the angels, they're, they're probably better at sharing this news than I am anyway. They should come back and do it. But it's kind of like God saying, hold up. This good news is for you. This message of peace is for you. This is your good news to share with others. And you know, maybe it does really make a whole lot of sense that the people sharing this good news would be the ones who've been affected by it most. That forgiven sinners, like you and me, get to go and announce to other sinners the good news. Your sins are forgiven. You have peace with God through Christ because it was us and not the angels that needed salvation. And so God let us have that awesome job of sharing that good news with the world. A lesson from Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the word of our Lord. We light four candles now. The angel's candle kindles bright, dispelling darkness. Jesus comes and warms us with his holy light. As angels sang, the stars awake on that first joyful Christmas night. So one day soon, they will announce the second coming of the Christ. Once Christmas changed all history, now history waits for change again. We hold our breath and watch the skies, for all the earth is Bethlehem. With angels round his glorious throne, and trumpet peals that split the sky, our King will come to bring us home and wrap us in his shimmering light. Sing angels we have heard on high.
one equals 310,250. Maybe the mathematicians would disagree with that formula. But this is how God's math adds up for us in Christ. Here's what I mean by that. We all sin multiple times a day. Let's assume we all sin at least 10 times a day, remembering that uh, this count is going to include sinful deeds, sinful words, and even sinful thoughts. So I think 10 would be an absurdly generous calculation for us. But for the sake of simple math, let's say we all sin on average 10 times a day. Let's say we live to be 85 years old. If that's the case, within our lifetime, we would rack up 310,250 sins. And again, I think that's an absurdly generous calculation for us. I think it'd be much higher than that. But maybe it's, it's good to do this math every now and again. Because we, we kind of do need to remember the hole we've dug ourselves into. Maybe you start to see how there, there is no amount of do-gooding we can perform to outpace the rate at which we are piling up sins. There's no way. There, there's no balancing of the scales between the, the good things we do, the bad things we do, that's, that's going to end in our favor. I, I don't think there's a chance of that. But this is why Jesus came to be with us in that manger at Christmas. Jesus comes to do some math for us. And Jesus has the answer to our biggest math problem of sin. In Christ, one equals 310,250 or more. His one act of righteousness totally clears whatever pile of sins we can build up in a whole lifetime. His one sacrifice for us on the cross completely clears our record of sin for us once and for all. I like this math. This this gift of Jesus we receive at Christmas, well, the gift is not like the trespass, Paul says, the Apostle Paul. This gift, which follows many sins, brings justification, a verdict of innocent for you and me. I like the math that God does on my behalf. And because of Christ, we know it's true. He has given us every single thing that these candles represent today. He has come to bring us hope and peace and joy and good news. God is with us. Hallelujah and amen. A lesson from Romans chapter 5. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. This is the word 
of our Lord. We light five candles now. The Christmas candle kindles bright. Dispelling darkness, Jesus comes and warms us with his holy light. The manger marks the earthly start of heaven's plan to save the lost. For Bethlehem leads to Calvary and manger soon becomes a cross. This Jesus comes to save the world, to mend the places torn apart, to bring true peace, to heal, redeem, to bind up every broken heart. And so we make a cradle new inside our hearts to hold God's Son. We pray, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Fill us with light. Lord Jesus, come. We now sing from heaven above to earth I come. Instead of passing around the offering plate quite yet, we'll still have it down uh, over at the entrance to the, the worship space here. If you feel compelled to, to leave an offering, uh, a physical offering in the plate, we really appreciate that. And uh, if it's easier, there's also a give page online that you can give through our PayPal button there. Uh, there's an easy link to find on our live stream at YouTube there too for those watching online. Thank you for supporting Living Hope's ministry. Uh, we'll continue with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son to be with us, to give us so many blessings, to bring hope and peace and joy and good news. We ask that you continue to bless us with all those things and every day to come, so that those, those blessings of Christmas are not just ours at Christmas, but every single day. That all year long we celebrate the joy and the hope and the peace and the good news of Christmas. Lord, we ask you to be with us in this coming new year, uh, that it may be better than last year, and even if it's not, we trust you that you are with us, that no matter what happens, it's always Christmas for those of us who are in you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.
We welcome our greatest gift. We welcome our newborn king. We welcome our savior, Jesus. He now sends you out into your lives with his blessing, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.